This is the Catholic Money Mastermind podcast, the show where we explore the intersection of our faith and finances. You can learn more about our organization and find show notes at catholicfinancialplanners.com. Please note that nothing in this episode should be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Here is, is wealth accumulation moral? Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I am with Deb Meyer and Rob Franzer. Actually, how do you say your last name, Rob? I should know this by now, but I just <laughs> Franer. Okay. I thought it was close. Franzer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Rob Franer, thanks for joining us. And this, I'm Ben Martinek. And our topic for today as part of Catholic, our, the Catholic Money Mastermind podcast is to discuss this question that's come up within our group of whether or not wealth accumulation is really moral or acceptable within the eyes of uh, perhaps of the church or ultimately within Jesus's teaching. You know, to phrase it another way, can we be good followers, faithful followers of Jesus and have plans or be working towards accumulating wealth at the same time? Are are we perhaps serving two masters in doing this? And so we thought this was a great, great topic. We discussed it at length actually a few weeks ago amongst ourselves within the group. And we have Deb and Robert here today to kind of lead the charge, to let, to share their thoughts on the subject along with what we had kind of concluded so, yeah, with that introduction, Deb, if you wouldn't mind, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, can we ultimately accumulate wealth as Catholics, as Christians, and not have that become uh, morally troubling in terms of our walk with Jesus? Yeah, it's a great question, Ben. I, I think unequivocally, yes, I do think it's okay, but we also have to keep it in mind of kind of where that wealth is uh, stemming from. So if you think about it just from a foundational concept, you know, Jesus is person that's providing everything for us, right? God is the provider. He's the one that wants us to live abundantly. And as long as we keep our eyes focused on our relationship with him as Catholics, we can still have some financial blessings delivered. It's just a matter of how we're actually using those blessings. Is it for our own personal gain or is it for the development of other people and and helping not only our immediate families, but broader communities? Just understanding that it's our goal as Catholics is to really be men and women for others and not just focused on internally, you know, accumulating as much as we possibly can (laughs) financially, just recognizing again that it's all stemming from God. Yeah, that's a great answer, Deb. Thanks. I've got some follow-up questions there, but before we get underway, Robert, what what, what are your thoughts on on the subject? Does it seem moral or acceptable to accumulate wealth? In general, I agree with Deb. It's... We all have our own callings as Catholics, and particularly for for those of us with families, you know, at the very least, at a minimum, we have to be able to care for those families. You know, uh, over and above that, uh, to, to an extent, it depends on why you're accumulating it and how you're accumulating it, but it certainly is inherent in our responsibilities that we should be accumulating some. Right. Yeah. I mean, how are we supposed to take care of others if if we don't have it, the ability to take care of ourselves? Right. I mean, if we're not doing enough there. And so do you see maybe as a definition, perhaps we should define wealth a little bit. Is this just a matter of us a- attempting to take care of ourselves? Is there is there a point in which we would say wealth is excessive or we're not just by sh- having amassed a certain amount, having done that, we have done more than what we should have. And we haven't actually been exhibiting a care or focus to others relationship wise, you know, so we're saying we should be focused on others. Do, do we think there's moral boundaries as to how much we should accumulate before it becomes troubling? Deb, do you, do you have some thoughts on it? 
I always have thoughts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm teasing. No, but it, it is an interesting question because I do, I kind of look at it in a different respect. I look at it more as how can I start building my own financial foundation while blessing others? And that might not be monetarily, but maybe it's the volunteerism. If, if you're struggling uh, with debt and it's just hard to keep up with the, the day-to-day bills for running your household. Obviously, you don't have a lot of extra cash to be donating to charitable causes, but those charitable organizations are still existing. They still need volunteer support. They might need your skills in a special area, if, you know, from a career perspective, if you know how to help with website development and they're really looking for some new website skills. They might not be able to pay you full price as, as to what you would normally be accustomed to, but maybe they can pay you something to, to say, hey, thank you for, for your time and effort. There's a lot of different variances to giving that I don't think are just monetary. And that's where stewardship really comes into play. It's all about time, talent, and treasure. And at any given point, you ha- might have one thing outweighing the others, but the idea is stewardship incorporates all three of those elements and to the extent that you can really be benefiting other people while furthering your own financial foundation is, is going to be the, the path to, to choose as a young Catholic family, especially starting out. Right. I mean, it's not as if Jesus taught us to mismanage our finances. Like if you want to follow him, you need to destroy your finances. I mean, there are you know scripture passages that say, you know, if you're not willing to leave father and mother or leave, leave the cow behind in the field, I don't remember them quite ver- verbatim. But if you don't do this, you're not worthy of me. You're not you're not able to follow me. Like there's kind of a, an urgency to the call, I think, of responding to Christ and a willingness to detach and let go and to place Jesus as really the number one priority. But none of that necessitates, I think, that, okay, now you have to go blow your finances up. And, and if you haven't done that, you haven't really been faithful to me at the same time, right? As a great expression that's come across me recently of, of this question of, do we have to be poor uh, to be pious is probably another way to really capture all of this. And I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think God is calling us to, to poverty, simply because God is one of abundance, right? I mean, that's ultimately what we believe. It would be so odd for us to think of God calling us to poverty or scarcity, when in fact, he's the one who's created all of this uh, creation, and it's rather glamorous. And so it doesn't seem like God is one of of, of nothing. But it comes back to this relationship, it seems. And, and Robert, why don't you chime in a little bit about that, perhaps? What's you know, what is it about this relationship with God that we're supposed to be learning when it comes to managing our money that would be, make it excessive? When when are we getting into trouble when it comes to our money? Sure. I, my general experience seems to be we're in trouble when we're accumulating for accumulation's sake or for the sake of an easy life. You know, my and I'm not just saying this because he might listen to the podcast. One of my one of my larger clients has accumulated a lot of money. Now, if he had not done that, if he had given it all away, minus what he needed to live on, there would not be an oratory here in Cincinnati. There would not be a new order of nuns here in Cincinnati, because he's essentially and he hasn't solely financed it, but. Without his help, they wouldn't have gotten off the ground. So where it really becomes immoral, in my opinion, and I'm no priest or I'm not a specialist in this, but 
it's when you're accumulating it for yourself just to make your life easy. You don't have to count on God. You don't have to count on other family members. You don't have to count on anyone because you have all the wealth you need. Right. It's really kind of flipping that scarcity item on, on the head because ultimately you accumulate wealth and keep it all in your reserves, which there's yet another parable associated that with, you know, the man who rich man who tore all his barns down so he could build bigger ones and accumulate even more. And, you know, Jesus ultimately told him, you know, what are you only losing, you know, in the process of this, if you die this evening, you know, what are all these riches? Again, I don't quite remember that, that passage for verbatim, but it comes, comes to mind. It, it comes from a scarcity mindset. Don't you guys think that, I mean, why you accumulate and harness all this for yourself is you're afraid that you won't have enough for yourself for the future. When, when we have this whole abundance theme, I think that does come to us in our teachings that God is one who is always, who is abundant and is capable of providing for you. And that we, he's not scarce and we don't need to be scarce either. And part of the flip side of being scarce is us being so worried about tomorrow that all we do is accumulate for ourselves and not think of anyone else. Deb, do you think that's it? Is this kind of like a scarcity thing that ultimately is really what's behind all of this? I think a lot of it is, you know, the clients that I have seen struggle with this, where I know they're Catholic, but they're not really living out their faith through their financial decision making. It's because they grew up in an impoverished situation where there wasn't enough. There just wasn't. And then if they get to a certain level of success financially with their current role, you know, the earnings only go so far if they're always in this perpetual cycle of more, wanting more, right? And again, they're not focused on their relationship with God so much and what what that wealth could be used to, to like help others, but they're focused on, gosh, I had it so bad here, I need to make up for lost ground in, in some other realm. And that's not always, you know, it's not 100% of the time, but generally more times than not, that's what I've seen with clients that are having a hard time, even with strong incomes saving for the future, giving generously, those kinds of things. So I would say a lot of it is about understanding who you're doing this for, that you truly are a steward. It's a gift from him. You want to use it as wisely as possible. And some of that is looking out for your own uh, financial future for your family, having a, a retirement <laughs> plan, you know, the idea isn't that you're going to work until you're 80, right? Being able to save for college and things like that for your, your younger kids. But I don't think it's, it, there comes a certain point at which you're accumulating enough financial wealth that you can look at generosity and radical generosity in an even bigger respect. And the opposite spectrum is is when you have that scarcity mindset and you're just focused on the here and now trying to make today's, you know, pay today's bills. Right. Right. Well, I mean, there's, you know, you think of the, the, the parable of the five talents, you know, and the distribution of one talent, three talent or five talents, you know, it's pretty clear that we all haven't been given equal gifts and, you know, those gifts vary in their strength and their capacity. And, you know, some people are simply, I think, better at managing money and, and knowing what to do with it than others. Well, one could maybe say that they were given five talents, you know, so, you know, Jesus only scolded the one who had received the one talent and only didn't do enough with it. He didn't have problems with the fellow who had five talents and came back with five talents more, who only had a good return on, on what he did with the money. So is this just a matter of it? Our our focus should be to make the most of what's been given to us and 
and recognizing that what has been given to us isn't ours. Is that what you think it comes down to, Robert? Yes, certainly. I love the point that it's it's not ours. Whatever we have, whatever we've grown is because God gave us the gifts to grow it. And as such, to go back to stewardship, if we're going to mistreat it by, say, give it away frivolously, you know, you just dish out money until you have nothing left and then someone else has to care for you because you don't want, you know, you don't want to accumulate anything. I do have, I have seen folks do that and consider doing it, but it's, it touches on whether or not we are treating what we were given by God appropriately. Right. I mean, if only God gave us these gifts and we don't make good use of them, and one of the natural consequences of, of us using these gifts could be that we accumulate wealth and we do well for ourselves, I mean, that we might be in more trouble to fail in that regard. We've done nothing with them just so that we could stay impoverished or have less income than to have brought ourselves, put ourselves out there into the world to do well. Uh, and so it's not so much the wealth, I think, but it's the troubling aspect it's what we do with what God is asking us to do. It's whether or not, honestly, maybe it just comes down to are we responding to the call that God has given to each of us, the very individual, unique call, and are we fulfilling out that that mission, that task? And it very well could be that it's part of your calling, maybe not for everyone's calling, but it could be part of some of our callings for sure, to, to do well for ourselves financially. But when, I think the question that's still kind of nagging in my mind that I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on is, is there a point in which we feel like it gets too much or excessive? You know, should we put a dollar sign on that? Can we put a dollar sign on that? Is there a point where we one could accuse someone of saying you're, you know, you're, yeah, you were given five talents, but I mean, all you want to do is make twenty talents off of that, or I mean, you know, your focus is wrong. Is there a dollar sign with it, or is it really just a matter of the heart? I mean, can we make a judgment there, or is it just best that this is obviously? I mean, all of this clearly is between God and the individual person. We don't, none of us thinks that we are in a position to judge anyone. But, you know, we're wanting to have this conversation about being putting ourselves in trouble with God. When do we think someone could get in trouble as they are becoming wealthy? And not just somewhat wealthy, let's say really wealthy, $50, million. I mean, they're really billions of dollars. They've really done well for themselves. When would we feel that they aren't doing enough if, if they've done, if they've received all of that? Deb, do you have any thoughts? It, yeah, it's, it's a tough question. I, I do think some of it is more qualitative and not a, a definite number. When I look at it from my own family's perspective, I, I do see that God has blessed us abundantly, especially in these last couple of years financially. And it's one of those areas where I don't and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a multi, you know, I'm not a $50 million person like you just said, but there comes a point at which I say, okay, what do we actually need to live on as a family? And whatever's above and beyond that after the taxes are paid and the just typical investments are made, whatever is above and beyond that, could we give that all away? And, and honestly, that's a model that I read about recently in a book called God and Money. And it's really just an interesting perspective on, on shaping the kind of definition around giving, like what, what are your basic living needs and above and beyond that, you really do have the capacity to 
to perhaps give all the rest away. That That's also a big piece of why I think just having an individual budget for your family is so important just to understand, okay, my, my budget's going to look different than a family that has 10 kids. I have three kids, but it's also going to look different from someone who has no children, right? It's a young married couple with, with no kids. So in any dynamic, I think you have to take some of your own personal facts into consideration and pray about it and really think, okay, is God calling me to something different here? One example I'll share, we were in church, this was about a year and a half ago, and we were getting ready to move to Florida, relocate from St. Louis to Florida. And our house, we had one house under contract but we weren't getting any, our, our current house was for sale. We weren't getting any offers. And we heard a missionary talk about these homes they were constructing for $5,000 overseas homes, like to change people's lives. And I said, you know, this house that we're currently building is like $20,000 more than this other house we can get in the same community And I could actually like help this family change their life. So I told my husband, I'm like, I'm really thinking of writing the check for like the $5,000 to to help buy that house for that family. And it was like such a big conversation for us because we had never made that kind of contribution before. But it was like, okay, we're still able to get in a great house in the same community. Like, why not change that family's life? So, and the cool part about that missionary that day, he said, it's a matching program. So if you make the donation, they'll build a second home for somebody else. So just full circle of like, hey, God's at work. He's, he's got his eye on, on you and he just wants you to, to use the gifts that, that you can. So it might be making a frugal decision over a house or a car or whatever it is, but understanding that you could use that differential to help somebody else genuinely change their life. Yes. Robert, is, is that's your follow-up? It is great. And I think, you know, to me, there's no number. There's not a hard number. It's the more you accumulate, the more careful you need to be that it's becoming could be a problem. And I really think in the end, that's a prayerful conversation between uh, you, your family, and hopefully if your family has a spiritual advisor. But no, I don't see a problem even accumulating $100 million, $150 million. But I also think that when you start hitting the millions is when you really need to look at why you're still accumulating, not just don't set aside what you're doing, continue to make the money because whatever you're doing, you should be doing well, but look at why you're holding on to it. Right. Well, I mean, we do have only the challenge of good saints, right. To remind us of what, what to do or what you could do. And, you know, the statement that always comes to mind for me, especially as I've been in this business, is St. Catherine Ann Drexel, who if you don't aren't familiar with her, grew up in a very wealthy family uh, from a Philadelphia banker in the 1800s. Family was very well-to-do, and un- sadly, her parents passed away quite young. And so at an early young age of, in her young 20s, she was the inheritor or inheritress. I don't even know how you use it, but we, she re- inherited or received uh, about $250, $250 million adjusted to today's dollars. And, uh, you know, no one, there was no expectation that she had to give this money away. 
perhaps just as an example for all of us, uh, that's exactly what she did. I suppose that's one way that'll make you a saint, right? I mean, if you can <laughs> receive $250 million, but then manage to, to say goodbye to it all in service to God, uh, it's pretty remarkable. And so maybe we should just keep that as an example that wealth isn't wrong. We didn't think that the Catholic family accumulating that wealth was wrong. We didn't think that the other people who had received it was wrong not to give it away. But yeah, isn't that just the remarkable story of perhaps what is being placed in our hearts is how can we display this abundant generosity that we've received as generosity to others? And with that, I think we're going to have to probably wrap this call up. This is a great conversation, everyone. I uh, really enjoy Robert and Deb for you being on the call with me. And uh, stay tuned for future conversations like this uh, from the advisors of the Catholic Financial Planners Network. I will have another good episode coming to you soon on Catholic from the Catholic Money Mastermind.